Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I am a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around the world. This episode, are you ready for it? It's kind of a stupid name. <laughs> this episode is called Betty the Serious Slayer. My last episode, I went on and on about one of my favorite TV shows, which is Star Trek. And one of my other favorite TV shows was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, um, Buffy and Betty, <laughs> they're both kind of silly names. So I was trying to think up something, you know, Betty the Grump Slayer, Betty the Frown Slayer, Betty the Surly Slayer, Betty the Joke Slayer. And I decided to go with Betty the Serious Slayer, because that's really what I would like to slay, is all the serious folks. You know, it got so darn serious. Everybody was so beaten down at the airline industry. It was just exhausting, you know, with all the extra security and all the pay cuts. But you know what? Things are looking up. Things are finally starting to get a little better. And people are starting to get, you know, light and a little funny again. And this episode is just chock full of fast, quick, funny stories like 25 stories and a lot of them are jokes and a lot of them make fun of a lot of people so <laughs> I should put out a blanket statement right out front that I'm not trying to offend anybody all I'm trying to do is slay the serious and let's get on to some uh, seriously funny stories I was driving you guys tell me that the, the ground controller I guess it was like Kennedy or something he told you know you know turn right on Taxiway Charlie and follow follow my prom date. Follow my prom date. Yeah, and so the guy thought for a minute, and that up ahead was, I guess it was a Virgin 747. <laughs> so the big fat Virgin. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, wait, that's cute. So follow my prom date, the big fat Virgin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is way back in the 70s also when we in Salt Lake City, we didn't have any jetways. You remember that? You had to, you know, climb up the stairs to board the airplane. So it is freezing cold. It's snowing. People are just can't wait to get on the airplane. So if you'll recall, the first you had boarding passes, red for first class and blue for coach, and you rip off the top of them as people come in. Okay, so there's three flight attendants. So one's at the door ripping the tickets, and I was the person that was taking the garment bags to hang them in the closet. Because everyone is rushing so, you know, fast to get on and everything, I'm doing my little job. I'm hanging the garments in the closet, and all of a sudden, I've, this man is standing <clears throat> right next to me, and I said, sir, I've got your bag. You can go ahead and take your seat now. And he looks at me very sternly and he says, no, you don't have my bag, you have my hand. And I said, I beg your pardon? 
he had an extension and you know the hook on the end I hooked him in the closet and he was perching in the closet he had a hook he had a hook he's like this he's he's like this and I'm going, go ahead. You can go ahead and take your seat. Now he goes, no, I can't. Oh, yes, sir, you can. I've got your garment bag in the closet. No, you have my hand. No, I don't have your hand, sir. Yes, you do. So I'm lifting this off, and I'm going, oh, my stars. Oh, I'm so sorry. So I've mentioned before that, you know, I carry around this digital recorder and this microphone and has a big cord on it so I can get stories on the airplane. But when I'm going through security, I've learned, I learned early on that I needed to tell the screener who's going to be looking at it that I have a microphone because it's just not norm, a normal thing in most people's bag. They look at it funny. Sometimes I think it's like an, uh, some sort of adult toy or something. <laughs> so before I put, you know, I always say, uh, hi, I have a microphone. So one day, it was early in the morning, I'd only gotten maybe three hours sleep, I, I put my bag on the belt to go through security, and I say to the person, um, hi, I have a microwave. <laughs> I hadn't realized what I said. They looked at me like, you have a microwave? <laughs> because that would be a really strange thing to, thing to have in your suitcase. But I didn't, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, I have a microphone, a microphone. <laughs> Oh, they're thinking all oh, the crazy blonde. So you have an airline joke? I do. <laughs> you know what a uh, airline pilot's best birth control device is? His layover clothes. <laughs> First flight, well... Uh, one thing I'll never forget, who the captain and who the first officer were, their last names. The captain's last name was Dustin. The first officer's name was Hoffman. So we had Dustin Hoffman on every leg. But pulling into the gate at Atlanta, it was my first ride without a Czech airman breathing over my shoulder. You know, I'm, I'm sensitive to the southern thing and the different way of talking. And mechanic comes on board and says, how's y'all? And I said, well, sir, we're all doing fine. And he goes, no, boy. The all, the all on the airplane. So I couldn't win for trying. So one of my favorite themes is Lost in Translation. And I was flying with a flight attendant who used to work on the ramp. And he was telling me that uh, when you work on the ramp, you have to listen in to the tower because you have to hear when your airplanes are coming in and when they're on the ground so you can get outside to work. So, But they have to listen to all the different airlines and then just you know pick out when it's theirs and get outside. So they said when you're listening, it'll be things like, uh, this is United 641, we are on the ground. And it'll be um, Air France, this is Air France, 242, we are on the ground. And then he said one day they heard, uh, this is Aeromexico flight uh, 931, we are in the ground. <laughs> a little word can make a big difference. But my favorite is the difference between uh, a jet engine and a, and a, uh, a new hire flight attendant. Normally, 
The jet engine will stop whining shortly after you get it to the gate. So how do you know when a date with a pilot is half over? It's when he says, okay, enough talking about flying in airplanes. Now let's talk about me. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pilot's life for me. Oh, pull up on the yoke, I hope I don't choke. Drink up, ye pilots, yo-ho. Step down on the shutter so people don't stutter. Drink up, ye pilots, yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pilot's life for me. I'm away from home, playing in Rome. Drink up, ye pilots, yo-ho. For the drinks I've paid, I hope I get... Drink up, ye pilots, yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pilot's life for me. Now flying is fun. I carry a gun. Drink up, you pilots, yo-ho. So can't you see? It's all about me. Drink up, you pilots, yo-ho. That's This might have been a Fokker then. We'll say it was a Fokker. Or it was a BAE 146. But it, the tail cone opens up as an air brake. And so... We were sitting two out back of it, and the airplane out back of it started complaining about all the fumes and asking that aircraft out front of us to move up, and they really started whining on the radio, and all of a sudden, the radio got silent, and that door opened up, and somebody went... So this story could be slightly offensive to female drivers or to female pilots, but I'm just going to put it out there. I mean no offense. I just thought it was funny. This guy was flying with. It's very quick-witted. I just really appreciate a quick wit, and I'm not trying to offend anyone. But we have we had the whole cockpit was female on this flight. So, you know, the captain was a girl, and so was the co-pilot. And there's getting to be more and more females. It's not that unusual. But, you know, passengers always notice, and you especially notice if they're both girls. So... We're strapped in in the back, jump seat for landing, and uh, me and this guy, and it was a rough landing. You know, it, it was pretty bad. He says, put the makeup down, <laughs> which I thought was so funny. He was, you know, referencing how men hate if girls are driving and they're putting their lipstick on in a red light, which I... I do sometimes. I'm sorry, but it does make me. I can see men, strangers in another car, give you a dirty look if you're putting your lipstick on when you're stopped at a red light. So <laughs> it was this bad lot <laughs> landing, and he's implying that you know she's putting lipstick on in a re- rearview mirror, which of course there isn't even a rearview mirror. But anyway, we had that terrible landing, and he said, "Put the makeup down." <laughs> Okay, I like the Lost in Translation story. So the flight attendant was talking to some Asian passengers? Some, some Asian passengers, and she asked them what they want to drink. And the passenger said orange, they meant orange juice and no ice, so they say orange with no ice. But the flight attendant heard, aren't you nice? Because they slur their speech and they talk so quick. And so she'd go, what would you guys like to drink? And she'd hear, aren't you nice? And she'd ask him again. She goes, yeah, thank you. But what would you like to drink? Aren't you nice? And she came to us and goes, I can't understand them. And come to find out, they're really saying orange with no ice. So 
on all night flights, we do an initial snack, beverage service, and then uh, about an hour out, because all the people are sleeping and their legs and arms are in the aisles, we don't want to take the carts out. So we will go through with trays of uh, orange juice and water. And uh, this service just confounds the passengers. I don't, I don't know why it's so confusing, but they find this very confusing. So I'll have a tray and I, I don't want to say it very loudly because I don't want to wake the people who are sleeping. So I go through and I try to make eye contact with anybody who's awake and I say, orange juice or water? You know, I say it low to not to wake anybody up or I'll say juice or water. And they look at the tray like you're holding out a tray of poison. <laughs> you know, they're like, it's this confounded look on their face. And then they ask you these <laughs> ridiculous questions like, um, I'll say orange juice or water. And they'll say, which one's which? <laughs> I can't help it. But I just say, well, the orange one is the orange juice and the clear one's the water. <laughs> And the guy goes to me, well, you're just making fun of me, aren't you? <laughs> I said, yes, I am. <laughs> Another guy was telling me uh, that it, it just makes him laugh, too, because he'll go through with a tray of orange juice and somebody will say, what is it? And he'll say, screwdrivers, <laughs> like we would go through <laughs> with a tray of alcoholic beverages for the whole airplane. But uh, the next time you're on an all-night flight and we come through with, with something that's orange and something that's clear, it's orange juice and water. Okay, this was back before we had the, the defibrillator, which you would use if someone was having a heart attack. Uh, this okay. is before when it was introduced to us as, uh, what was it, the flight crew. And I was talking with my co-worker in regards to we, he had had the training for this uh, machine and I couldn't think of the word and then I kept saying you know what it's that that uh, that uh, vibrator and then he said and I go isn't that the training we're going to get for that and he says Carmen are you talking about the defibrillator <laughs> he said, and then I go well isn't it the same thing as the vibrator he says I don't think so many airline jokes you were saying how you keep a secret from a flight attendant how do you keep a secret from a flight attendant I don't know how. you tell it on the PA <laughs> <laughs> that joke is really funny <laughs> because you know really truly as flight attendants unfortunately we don't listen to what the pilots say over the pa it kind of sounds to us like wah, 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 wah. just because a lot of it's the same stuff we hear over and over again so the <laughs> the poor pilots you know they say what time we're getting in they say what the weather is going to be like and probably an hour later you know we're like ding dong calling up there going what time are we getting in <laughs> so it's true if you want to keep a secret from a flight attendant Say it over the PA. This is when we first got those Braille books. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, oh, these are very cool. You know, I'm, I'm all into helping the handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Dudley Do-Good. <laughs> but, um, so I'm like, oh, cool, okay. So we get these, you know, we get these pre-boards coming on on. And I'm like, oh, good. Uh, you know, his, uh, he was seated right at 10D or 10E. And I go, oh, here, I'll get you something right here that'll help you describe, you know, help you learn about the, the emergency equipment of this plane. 
So the guy's looking at me. Okay. So I give him this Braille book. And I go, here you go. This will explain all the, you know, emergency exits and everything about, you know, the, uh, all the emergency situations on the, that may happen on the plane. And so he's looking at the book and kind of like going, what? You know, it's like, I go, no, this will help you help. You know, it describes everything about the He's looking at this book, and I'm like, he goes, I bought mine. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> With my helpful little face, excuse me? <laughs> I bought mine. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not clicking. It is not clicking. <laughs> and I'm like, and then the lady he's traveling with is like, <laughs> He can read. He can see. He, he just can't hear. She's pointing to her ears, like you dumb. <laughs> I'm like getting it now, slowly, and I'm like, I bought mine. <laughs> so I, oh okay. So I just grab the book and put it away and walk away. <laughs> I was helping this little old lady. She had her hair all piled up on top of her head. She was dressed in a cute little, almost like church going outfit. And uh, we were, I was helping her on the plane. She's walking very slow. I'm helping her walk through first class and first class had already boarded. And there was what looked to me like a rap group, a group of guys who had a wearing a lot of, shall we say, bling. <laughs> I don't know my rap artists. I didn't know who they were. And, uh, at least I, I figured they were singers. I'm actually not sure if they were a rap group, but they had a lot of bling. And this little old lady were walking by and she seemed particularly smiley as we were going through the first class cabin at these guys, these uh, singers. <laughs> and so we get past first class and we're still walking slowly. And she said, do you know who they are? And I said, oh, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know who they are. She goes, oh, they're very famous. And I said, they are? Who is it? She said, oh, that's the OJs. I guess maybe they're the, she was explaining they're the sons of a very popular older group, the OJs anyway. You know, they have their own band, famous in their own right. And uh, she's explaining it to me as we're slowly walking back to her seat. And she says, I think he's sexy. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting the little old lady with her church going out with her hair on top of her head to say, I think he's sexy. <laughs> okay, in the days of the L-1011, we had um, these areas where we could uh, park carts, but they had to be secured uh, to the floor of the uh, aircraft if they were on the upper deck, if they didn't have a a little um, latched compartment to go in. So there were these retractable tie-downs that you would pull up out of the floor and they would always get stuck because there was like from sodas and food and everything and they were disgusting. You'd never want to touch these things. But we also had another word for them called mushrooms because they looked, they had like a mushroom cap, a little metal mushroom in the middle of the floor. And they were in front of pretty much every exit door on on that aircraft. So... One day before we were landing in, in Los Angeles, we worked all night from Honolulu. I was flying with a really kind of flamboyant, um, you know, flight attendant. You know, and it's, I was looking out the window there next to the door, and I didn't realize that the mushroom was up. And 
and I said, I said, oh, Juan. I said, come look at this. Come look at this sunrise. It's beautiful. So Juan comes over, and he's not watching where he goes, and he he trips on the mushroom, and he falls against the door. And this guy's got a lot of pride, and he just said, oh, that, that effing mushroom. He goes, I hate these effing things. And he stomps it back down into the floor to get it to retract. I got an email with a joke from a European listener, and he said, when you land in certain parts of the United States, there should be a corresponding PA, something like, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to be the first to welcome you to Appalachia. The local time is approximately 12.15. We have experienced a time change. You will need to change your watches back a hundred years. I was an engineer on the 727 in my first year with the airline, and we were in Los Angeles, and this was when they were under doing the construction of the terminal, so everyone had to walk outside and walk up boarding stairs to the aircraft. So being a new uh, engineer, full of myself and the co-pilot being the same way, we are sitting there with our crusty old captain, and the windows are open, beautiful day in L.A., and um, we're going to Las Vegas. So you know the type of people we had going to Vegas. Two very large, not very large, but well-endowed ladies came out, very scantily clothed, waving at us and everything. Of course, we had their windows hanging out the uh, co-pilot side, waving back and, and motioning them to come up. And sure enough, they were going to Vegas, and they come in the cockpit and talk to us, having a great time. So we said, oh, we'll meet you in Vegas. And they said, oh, yeah, where are you going to be? And so life went on from there. So right before departure, we were still sitting there ready to go. And, and here comes another uh, lady out. She was a short lady, uh, not a large lady, but uh, anyway, an older lady that had some weight on her and everything, very nicely and neatly dressed and everything. And she's waving at, the, uh, waving at us through the window, uh, open window on the co-pilot side. And, Everybody's waving at us. It was a happy time. And so the co-pilot very laughingly looks at the captain and says, Hey, captain, we've got one for you. You can have her. And he replied, I've had her. She's not very good. It's my wife. Was it true? That's true. Word for word true. next segment may need a little quick explanation in that I believe probably the general public doesn't realize there is a stereotype that pilots are, shall we say, thrifty, that they count their pennies. It could be the military background. Uh, and this is certainly up for debate. I actually personally don't think the pilots are cheap. I've run into many more generous pilots than cheap ones, but nonetheless, it is a stereotype, and there are jokes about it. What do you call a bunch of pilots getting off a crew bus? March of Dimes. (laughs) I might get some flack for this one, but you know a joke's a joke. What's the difference between a straight male flight attendant and a toaster. The toaster works some of the time. (laughs) 
Yeah, it was on the on the Aedis going into Narita, and it was a um, it was it was we're you know you usually listen to the Aedis as you as you as you, as you start to coast in and can pick up VHF to figure out what the weather is. Automatic terminal information service. And it was the the you know it's in Japanese the Japanese and he's they're going heavy heavy lane heavy heavy lane and we're like going heavy heavy lane heavy we're looking on our we're looking in our glossary trying to figure out an aviation heavy heavy lane and we go what the hell is heavy heavy lane well it's, it was heavy heavy rain <laughs> we you know we you know a lot of times you have to decipher things like that. August 6th, 1989, Boeing 727, flight number 131 from New York to Miami. Approximately 12 noon, flight attendant calls up, wants to know what the large body of water on the left side of the aircraft is. Thinking, surely this is a joke, I reply, it's Lake Michigan. There's a pause for effect, and she calls back and says, Is that salt water or fresh water? <laughs> True story. So I am seriously behind on answering my emails. So I apologize to everyone out there. And uh, a lot of people have been inquiring about the progress of my book. And I'm happy to say it's getting a lot closer to getting done. I have a manuscript off to the editor, so I will keep you posted. But uh, I have been busy with that. And luckily, it's getting a lot closer to coming out. But that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye.